names are Teresa and Gumby. Welcome to Escaping Society. We wrote our own songs so we wouldn't have to pay for anyone else's copyright infringement. Welcome to Escaping Society. This is Fire Truck Me, episode 54. I'm Gumby. I'm Teresa. And we are here in the occupied lands of the Okanichi, the Eno, the Carolina Parakeet, the Red Wolf, and many, many others. Some are still surviving here. <laughs> um, and it's kind of a rainy, humid day. We're hoping we get some more rain. And, uh, Teresa, is there anything happening in your world you want to share before we get started? I'm bald, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Teresa had me shave her head, and we got the same do now. So <laughs> We're twinsies. Yeah, she's my mini-me. Oh, my God. I'll call her mini-me. Mini-gumby. <laughs> and, yeah, so we just wanted to follow up with our last fire truck, you, because we did find it very uh, therapeutic and good to get a lot of fuck yous out. And there's so much to say fuck you, too. So <laughs> that was our spring cleaning. Let's call this our summer catharsis. And um, <laughs> yeah, with that, is there anything else before we get started, Teresa? Well, I was just going to say that, um, you know, Gumby and I, we have our our things that we want to say fuck you, too. But I also want to say things that are fuck me, too. So um I'm not trying to be too self-deprecating, but I recognize that some of these apply to me. So I went ahead and put them on my list. Mm -hmm. And I want to dedicate this episode to George Carlin. He was one of the masters of making like really profound observations and points about our culture and the, the flaws within it in a really fuck you kind of way. Um, I really like when I write down my fuck yous, I often think about George Carlin and, and the way he talked. Um, and let me send a fuck you, first of all, to George Carlin. So, fuck you, George Carlin, for talking <laughs> shit about bald guys who shave their head. I shave my head, and, uh, you know, I would say the same thing about pretty much any guy that wears a ponytail. Fuck you to guys with ponytails. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what it is, but I've met a lot of pretentious assholes that are guys with ponytails. Not all of them. If you like you're a guy with a ponytail um, and you're not a pretentious asshole, this does not apply to you. But bald guys with ponytails. What the fuck is up with that? Let it go, <laughs> man. So fuck you, George Carlin. Much props. <laughs> that's like that's like I know I have hair. It's just further down. <laughs> um, I would also like to dedicate this fire truck uh, me podcast to the response to COVID-19. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and share some of the specifics of that response. Sure, and I love dedicating it to COVID-19 because COVID-19 itself is a big fuck you to civilization. Yeah, I mean, I don't need—I didn't even necessarily want to say fuck you COVID because I say fuck hating the virus. Um, we had talked about in a previous podcast, I think one of the Anything Goes or presidential podcasts about how viruses were— um, germ theory, which includes viruses, we need to do away with that. It's not about good or bad. It is. It just simply is. Yeah, and, like all things in nature, it's a reaction to something. Yeah, and so to to hate on the virus, I mean, the virus is doing some things like Gumby's going to talk about we can't do. So um, I'd just like to say, fuck hoarding hand sanitizer, toilet paper, canned tuna, eggs, milk, flour, beef and yeast. What are y'all doing with all that stuff? Mm. I bet it's going bad. Fuck wearing masks in restaurants. Oh God, that's so fucking stupid. You mean to tell me that when you go to a restaurant, you really want to sit there with a mask on until you get your food and then I'm not sure if the virus is supposed to not enter your mouth while you're eating or I don't, I don't know exactly how that works. But fuck 
one ways in the grocery store. <laughs> Around here where we live at, the grocery stores have these one-way signs now as if a virus is like, oh, <laughs> I can't figure that out. Viruses can't go backwards. Yeah. And they have like one entrance uh, dedicated to going in the store and one going out, even if that means you have to walk like all the way around the building to get back to your car. And yeah, Fuck we know that. that that one way is supposed to keep people six feet apart, which is the, the thinking behind it, but oh, it doesn't fucking work. Yeah, let me tell you, um, you know, policy designers and people sitting in offices coming up with these bullshit ways of you know, curbing the virus or what do they say? Flattening the curve. Flattening the curve. When you have everyone enter into one side of the store, we bottleneck. So doesn't work. Everybody goes to aisle one instead of dispersing. And if you have any fucking brains and there is a pandemic and you believe that you, you know, may get sick why would you want to go with the flow of the rest of the population? Fuck telling people how to live, face masks, etc. Let us lead our lives. And right. if you feel like you need to stay at home, then fucking stay at home. Fuck you. Hey, man, that's something that, like, the people wearing masks, I'm seeing more and more of a defensive posture. And I'm <laughs> like, what the hell are you guys getting defensive about? Who's telling you not to wear a mask? <laughs> Who's telling you you can't stay at home? Who's imposing values on you under threat of people showing up with a gun to make you do things you don't believe in? I mean, what? what? <laughs> I don't know. So... Uh, and fuck you, libraries closing where we can't even return our books without contacting the library director, who then has to send out a uh, another person because he's too afraid to come get the fucking library books from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you put them in a bag and um, I'll, I'll send out uh, my my servant, <laughs> my manservant to get them. And fuck not even being able to sit outside the library and use their Wi-Fi because it's still on. The lights are on. The AC or heat is on. Oh, fuck that security guard oh. from, what is it, Nighthawk? Nighthawk security. Nighthawk security. This motherfucker shows up and we're just sitting out there on computers outside the library. He's like, I'm not here to talk. Get, leave. Leave. <laughs> you know, he does that little like two-winger, two-two-winger. Two-finger. Two-finger two little come come here Thing to me you know like you're a dog and you're in trouble and like then he just tells us to leave you know like really rude like we're fucking criminals and we're not doing we're, just we're sitting outside the laptops. library using the wi-fi that they're leaving on not around people you know not spreading the virus or anything so fuck you that motherfucker yeah fuck right, you fair weather environmentalist um <laughs> There's so many people that love to just talk a good game, you know, like, oh, we need to bring down civilization. We need to take down the, the communication network. We need to blow up pipes. We need to fight. God damn it. Fight. Yeah. But these same people, as soon as something actually starts threatening civilization, jump right on that fucking bandwagon and start trying to figure out how to uh, that we can all protect ourselves. Listen to the government. Yeah, how we can protect our way of life. Because when we talk about protecting ourselves and ourselves happens to consist of people who aren't changing their way of life, we're talking about protecting a way of life here. Mm. I couldn't believe the, uh, the sweeping change that came through when COVID-19 hit of people that just the day before were talking about like, you know, get up and fight, get guns. We need to fight, like throw a brick at a cop. And then they're like, oh, I hope you're not going out in public without a mask because, you know, that's dangerous. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess the difference is for so many people, it's the difference between augmented reality. I know that's oh. something you're going to talk about. Yeah. That fantasy world of feeling like a badass radical environmentalist who sees that civilization must be stopped. And the reality of recognizing when Mother Nature finally delivers us something, because debatably, you know, Mother Nature sent us this COVID-19, um, that's actually effectively slowing down and threatening the civilization <laughs> we've all been talking about fighting, so many people pit themselves against the solution. And it just baffles me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been saying for a long time, like, um, if we're going to fight civilization, you know, it, it's going to be a sacrifice. I mean, so many other people are saying that. I shouldn't even say I've been saying it. But it's going to involve a sacrifice, you know, like members of the Black Panther Party. They said, you know, when you join the Black Panther Party, you expect to wind up dead or in prison because if you fight the government, 
that's kind of what it's going to take, a big sacrifice. Wow. So to have a virus that is doing more than any environmentalist has ever done to slow down civilization, to threaten civilization, this pandemic, and then to jump on board this whole mindset of like, we need to fight this virus. We need to slow it down. No, the virus is actually the cure. We are the virus to the planet. It's slowing us down. That virus is the planet's white blood cells. So I've been rooting on the virus the whole time. And again, you know, (laughs) I know what this sounds like to some people. It sounds like I just don't give a shit about life. You're pessimistic. I'm pessimistic. But the thing is, I do care about life. And I recognize that what we're doing, if we're not stopped by something like, say, a virus, is dooming us all. Your kids are already going to fucking die if something does not stop this trajectory we're on. So when I root for COVID-19, it's it's not meaning that I don't give a shit about your mom or my mom or Teresa's mom or any elderly people or people that are at risk out there. It's that I want whoever can survive what the fuck we're already doing to have a fighting chance. God bless the COVID-19 virus. <laughs> and fuck me for things I've said about fat people. Um, you know, I like, I often talk about our culture and I find myself using the word fat a lot and I'm not actually picturing like exactly fat people. I mean more of this overconsumption, this, this like Hoover vacuum behavior that we have of just consumption, consumption, consumption. But what I often say is like things like even our homeless people are fat in this country. And (laughs) I've said things like when you watch The Walking Dead, how the hell are there still fat people five years into the apocalypse? I wondered the same (laughs) thing when I watched Lost with Hurley on on there. How the hell is he still fat? But I will say this about a book I just read, Deep Green Resistance. Lear Keith talks about fat people. And um, she kind of opened my eyes to a a biological truth I I was missing, which is obesity can just as often, if not more often, be a um, reaction to malnutrition. All these empty calories we're eating, we don't process them well. They build up. Um, You know, as she says, fat people are some of the most exhausted people on the planet. Mm. You see starving people, and often you see bloated bellies. You see people that aren't exactly in a famine but are malnourished. You often see obese people. Healthy people eating real food and a real diet often are not obese. They are you know, more apt to be trimmed, to be healthy. You look like you had something to say, Teresa. Well, yeah, just another way of saying that is if your body, your biological body is not getting the nutrients it needs, it's going to send you a signal in some way that you need to keep eating. You need to complete this. We are missing something. And if you have bad eating habits, if the food that you, that you have available to you um, isn't good quality, nutritious food, you're just going to keep eating all these empty calories and therefore obese, but starving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So fuck me for saying that I didn't understand. And I apologize to any fat people who heard that. And like, maybe you're poor, maybe you're fat and you don't understand why you're fat. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, listening back and thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I think I, I wasn't careful. Like the way I'm approaching that. And Since I'm on the subject of deep green resistance, and uh, let me say right off the bat, I recommend this book. It provoked a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts, and if you are someone who um, will not read the book because I'm about to try to tear this book a new asshole, um, (laughs) based on what I said, then fuck you. Get your own thoughts. I mean, goddamn, like... Check out the book and form opinions on your own. I'm just going to tell you my opinions. And I really, like I said, Derek Jensen, I don't know too much about the other two, Eric McBay and Lear Keith, but Derek Jensen, lots of respect. You've inspired me in many ways. But this book, I saw all kinds of things that pissed me the fuck off that I want to talk about. I've got a lot of fuck yous for that. Teresa, were you about to say something? I was just going to say, write to us, uh, comment, and let us know when you read the book and what you think about it. <laughs> um. So fuck me and others who encourage folks to fight in ways we excuse ourselves from. Mm. I've caught myself doing this, you know. I I mean, just talking about, we need to get out there. We need to fight. You know how many bricks I've thrown at cops? None. None. (laughs) You know how many, like, uh, corporations I've burnt down? None. So... You know, I find myself getting involved in this way of speaking, and I'm borrowing a lot of that, I think, from Derek Jensen. Mm -hmm. And 
in this book, one thing that impressed me about this book is they have these questions at the end of a lot of the chapters. Most of them are answered by Derek Jensen, if not all of them. One of them that I thought was a pretty brave question to have there is somebody asked, how do you, and I don't have it written in front of me, but basically, how do you justify getting other people to fight when you yourself are choosing not to? You know, <laughs> fight in this way of like, you know, bombing shit, um, vandalizing stuff, like fight, fight. And his answer was basically saying that uh, by being a writer, they separate the above-ground resistance from the below-ground resistance. The above-ground are the people that are getting out there and kind of like us. We would be considered above-ground resistance because we are putting our opinions out there widespread. You know, there's nothing secretive about what we're doing. Underground resistance would be the people blowing up shit. Right. Derek Jensen said, well, by being a writer, I am in the above ground and I have painted a big bullseye on my chest. I'm actually at more risk than people in the underground. Um, and that just kind of made me want to fucking throw up on my shoes. Like, so the reason why you're not going and blowing up dams and stuff is because you have decided to take the more dangerous job of being in the above ground. And he says, you know, sometimes those are the people that are targeted first. Mm. Give me a fucking break. We all know why we have all decided to be in what might be called the above ground. You know, Lear Keith at the end of the book has this whole chapter where she keeps asking, will you join me? Will you join me? Well, Lear, I think we all fucking joined you and we joined you in being in the above ground. <laughs> We're all writing books. We're all making podcasts. We're all voicing our opinions like whiny little bitchy little babies and nothing's getting blown up. This book was written nine years ago. Oh, man. Where the fuck is the underground resistance? Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Lier, we all joined you. You got it. We joined yeah. you. You know, Derek Jensen, you know why you don't join the underground. We, I mean, I listen to your interviews and, like, you love watching the black bears on your porch. Who fucking wouldn't? You love the great big trees growing all around your, your house. You don't want to leave them. Well, guess what? Neither do the fucking rest of us. We've all got natural areas we want to go to. We've all got places we want to eat at. None of us feel ready to just like, with some long shot trying to fight the huge monster of the government. I don't know if it's necessary or not. I don't know if that can happen or not. But I do know why I don't hear more about the underground resistance. Because nobody wants to make that sacrifice. And to act like the reason why you don't is because you're willing to take the greater hit the more dangerous job, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that. I was so pissed when I read that. Like, what a bunch of bullshit that is. That fish fucker. Oh, that fish fucker. All right. Um, and, you know, in her biography at the end, Lear Keith mentions, like, proudly that she was arrested six times. I guess that's meant to kind of inspire us that she stood up and, like, you know, she fought the law, you know, and... <laughs> But I got to say, if she's been arrested six times and she's still wandering around out there, like able to write books and shit, she won't arrested for burning nothing down. She won't arrested for throwing any fucking Molotov cocktail. I don't know if she's a chronic fucking jaywalker or what her problem is. <laughs> she probably attended protests or something. But I found so much of that shit as misleading as anything the government would put out. It yeah. framed in such a way to kind of lead us to think certain things. And it was bullshit. So... You know, if you have found your way into a resistance and you feel like it's getting somewhere, please, God knows I don't want to discourage that. But man, be critical. I mean, like, I still, like I said, read this book. There's a lot to be gained from it, but this is a fuck you podcast. And I got to I got to say, just the way I'm <laughs> wired, the things that piss me off tend to stand out more to me. But uh, lots of good information in there, too. Please read the book and form your own opinion. Whew. Fuck resistance groups that make resistance seem too complicated mm. and discourage rather than encourage the resistance. I think we need more role models like Ted Kaczynski. He's somebody I respect the hell of. He walked the talk. He's in prison right now. He did fight. What he's got to say about fighting, there's no bullshit about like, oh, I painted a bullseye on my chest, but uh, you know, I, I sure love my black bears out in my backyard. You know, I'm doing the more dangerous job. I mean, he fucking did the more dangerous job. He actually did it. Yeah. So okay. we need more role models. I'd say if you're following anybody, look at what they're doing. For instance, when we talk about fighting the government, 
take that with a grain of salt. We're just fucking blowing off. We're, we're, we're putting opinions out there, starting a conversation. But the fact is, we don't know goddamn shit about it. We ain't fighting the government. When we talk about living out of a van, when we talk about living in the woods, when we talk about trying to do with less, that's when you should fucking listen to us. Yeah, that's We're experimenting. True. We're exploring. We're learning all kinds of shit about that. So look at your teachers and the people that are talking to you and ask yourself, what have they done? Look at your role models. I would also say um, look for the results. Like I said, Deep Green Resistance, that book has been around for nine years that's nine years, and presumably this shit was happening before the book was written. So nine years of, uh, you know, deep green resistance. We got the Green Flame podcast, which I really like. Uh, Max Wilbert, he offers to come to your town and for free train you. I'm wondering what the fuck he's going to train you on. I mean, to train you to also not blow up dams and stuff and talk about it and organize and nothing gets done? Like, what is happening? I contacted them one time at the Green Flame, and I want to support programs like that podcasts and everything and what they're doing but they you know they had ways in which you could help and I checked off boxes for you know ways I could potentially help and they basically contacted me and said here can you print some of these flyers and put them up around town yeah and uh, I don't know. I don't really even know what that's. I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about that. And I found the book pretty discouraging. Like you know, it, it pretty much listed all the small things I felt like I could actually go out and do, and said they were kind of stupid and ineffective. And if you can't organize and take down something big, um, it's counterproductive. I say fuck that. I say what might stop the country because that isn't working. If it works, show me results. Show me it work. Why isn't it working? I know what would work if all of us did what we can do. Small acts of defiance. You got a neighbor who's spraying Roundup in his fucking yard? You stop him. You go over there. You try to break into his garage. You sabotage that shit. That's something we can actually do. And yeah, one person doing that might not make a difference, but it's something one person can do. And if enough of us do it, something would happen. What was that quote that you just read the other day on the tin? Like, start by doing what's necessary and oh, then... Oh, yes. It's, I think it's... St. Francis? St. Francis, perhaps. Start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and before long, you're doing the impossible. Yeah. So, you know, I just... I don't know. The deep green resistance didn't work for me. Um, explore it and find out for yourself. <laughs> you know, and another thing I don't like is I think they go a little too far in saying we are not the problem. It's the corporations. What I always think is... Well, who upholds the corporations? We are the fucking problem. At the same time, you're looking at the big boys and figuring out how to take them down. Don't let yourself off the hook. The way we live, that's something we have power over. We can change. You don't have to wait for the fucking French resistance. You don't have to organize. You don't have to fucking like nine years down the road, still look around and wonder why the fuck anybody isn't doing anything. You can change something in your own goddamn life today. And don't tell me it doesn't matter where you go and buy your shit from, how you live. Of course it matters. The world is made up of people, individual people. The ocean is a whole bunch of drops of water. The human population is a whole bunch of individuals. Make a change where you can. So that's another beef I had with the deep green resistance. If you're set up to make a big change, God bless you. Let's see the results. I hope it inspires more people. It might inspire me to join you. But until then, I kind of know why nothing seems to be happening. <sighs> All right, what you got, Teresa? Well, uh, recently we mentioned I, uh, <clears throat> you shaved my head. I asked you to. So that's happened. And I also had a huge giveaway of all the stuff that was in my storage unit. Well, I'll say almost all of it because there were some things like checkbooks and passports. I didn't give that away. <laughs> um, burned some stuff too. Um, but I guess fuck me for waiting so long to deal with my shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'll say like just superficially, every single month, you know, when I got this storage unit, I had good intentions of not only storing things that we were going to go through, like dumpster dived, um, non-perishable food and toiletries, but also going through my stuff, whether it's, you know, pictures or CDs or whatever, and doing something about it, like copying the CDs so I have them digitally, et cetera. Fuck me over a year later and I am still paying this fucking fee just so I can avoid looking at my shit. 
<laughs> and people do this. And I mean, when I first started, it was a pretty decent deal and it, it, it took care of the problem, but it didn't take care of the habit. You look like mm. you were about to say something. Oh, I like what you just said about not taking care of the habit. I think that's really important. And I wanted to uh, give you props because you did, you know, after all this time, like Teresa's had a hell of a week. Oh, She's my God. She's been talking about getting her head shaved forever, got the <laughs> head shaved, been talking about getting rid of her shit since before I met her. She finally, like, just put it in a park and got rid of, like, oh. the vast bulk of her shit just for free. By the way, that day that I was giving away all my stuff, I had every intention, and Gumby probably sensed this. But I had every intention of keeping some stuff in my storage unit until the end of this month because I had paid through the end of the month. And goddamn, if the lock on my storage unit door didn't disappear. <laughs> so we've got this event that we told people online, like, you know, come to this park at two o'clock at this place and we're going to have stuff out. And we'd already put half of it out, about half of it. And we were coming back for the other half. And I lost the lock. And I just am like freaking out, having like a temper tantrum and like just going through all this range of emotions and madness and anger and sadness. And then I'm like, well, I guess I just have to get rid of all the stuff then. Badness and gladness. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happened. That's the uh, ripping the bandage off, so to speak. I just got rid of all that shit. Yeah, and I walked through the park and just told everybody I could see, like, hey, we're getting rid of some free shit over there if you want to look through it. And then we left it, you know, like, I know that that's something that uh, somebody probably had to clean up, and I felt kind of bad about that. You we know, might so... know the person that has to clean that up. <laughs> yeah, actually. But sometimes that's what it takes, because if we would have gone back, you know, like, yeah. chances are a lot of that shit would have wound up back in the van that hadn't gotten picked up yet. So sometimes you just got to cut and run. And and more like more profound, more deeply looking at that people not dealing with their shit. And I'm sure Gumby, you might talk about this later too. But there are hard choices that are come that we're coming up against right now during the pandemic. Just during this time of, you know, we keep saying like peak oil. We've passed peak oil. Our civilization, our our society is based on oil. What are we going to do? You know, how can we get around this? How can we keep this society, this industrial society and civilization going? We need to fucking look at our shit. Like we are not dealing with it. We're paying a storage unit, so to speak. We're, we're putting off the inevitable. We're not changing our habits either. Well, that leads me to something I wanted to say a fuck you to, and that's fuck teaching kids good manners. (laughs) Um, I'm always, like, kind of surprised when, you know, I still hear shit like parents are are getting, correcting their kids about saying a cuss word or, or anything like that. Like, oh, I don't let my kids watch, like, you know, things with cuss words. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, this is the goddamn apocalypse, and you're worried that your kid might say, oh, tootie. I mean, give me a fucking break. Where are your priorities? <laughs> I think we need to start teaching kids to learn to say fuck you a lot more. And to a lot more people and follow through. They need to say, fuck you, mom, and fuck you, dad, for not dealing with your shit. Exactly. How long have mom and dad known at this point that they are benefiting from a fucking monstrous society and made excuses not to make any real changes? And don't goddamn tell me how hard those changes are because we all saw it when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Everybody, like civilization... I wouldn't say screeched to a halt, but slowed the fuck down more than I had ever seen in my life. People, when they thought their own selfish little fucking lives were on the line, (laughs) they found ways to to change. Kids need to say fuck you to that. Kids need to learn what's happening. It's their future. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, we're all getting older. We're checking out. We ain't here much longer. It looks like we might see some bad shit, but... The worst of it, that's their future. They need to say fuck you to these teachers that are teaching them the same old bullshit about math, how to work technology, all this fucking, like, arbitrary shit. Going to college. They need to learn fucking survival skills. Um, You know, and, like, sheltering. It's too late to shelter the kids. You know, this whole idea of, like, oh, these are adult issues. 
You know, in another world, I might agree with you because I really hate when, like, I hear kids discussing politics and shit like that because I feel like, you know, a kid should just be a kid. It's too late for that. We did not protect a world in which that's possible. We didn't. We fucking failed. There's no underground resistance taking down anything right now. There's no people, like, giving up electricity, even though they know that humans did it for millions of years. They're not willing to even take that fucking hit much less risk prison. So these kids, we've got to start helping them train themselves to be their own best hope because we ain't going to fucking do it. We're not doing it. What are we waiting for? Everybody, everybody is telling me how urgent it is. We may have already passed this line where the positive feedback cycle keeps going and the earth heats up and suddenly we're living on Venus and shit like that. Sounds pretty fucking dire. I think it's time that these kids were informed outraged, trained, and radicalized as soon as possible. It's their fucking future. My God, if we weren't going to, like, protect the world for them, we at least owe them that to help them get prepared for what's coming because we all fucking know what's coming. And if you don't know what's coming, fuck you, you fucking moron. How do you keep your head that far up your ass and breathe? All right. Fuck whiny entitled kids, too. (laughs) And the tools that raise them. Like, I've had a lot of, like, little rich entitled kids in my my courses and shit that they start walking, like, ten minutes down the road. And they're like, can we go back? My feet hurt. This is boring. (laughs) Oh, my God. And and when I say fuck kids, I never blame kids. Like, (laughs) even those kids, I might talk shit about them. But I don't really have any real animosity to them because I know it's a kid. What I'm really saying is fuck you to their parents. These are parents that have made choices to make money, that have neglected their kids, that aren't aren't getting into the deep nitty-gritty shit. And, you know, I'm not – I don't mean every mood your kids go through. You know, like if your kid's being a little dickhead right now, we all go through that shit. You might be a great parent, and your kid's just going through a phase of being a little dickhead. But, you know, I feel like part of this is addressing that widespread entitlement. You are entitled to nothing. Neither are those kids, and they need to be taught that. And they need to be toughened up. They need to be taught how to survive. They need to be taught how to endure. I think about, like, the Terminator. Sarah, oh, what was Sarah Connor? Mm-hmm. Sarah Connor had the vision of the future. You know, it's sort of like us. Like, we're all kind of like, oh, yeah, the society's going to collapse. Oh, good, good, that's good. But she actually saw it. She saw the fucking nuclear bomb go off and everything. What did that inspire her to do? To train her fucking kid to the point where, you know, like in, what, Judgment Day? He kind of hated her. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that motherfucker was a badass. Mm -hmm. He knew how to survive. That's what I feel like we owe our kids. Not toys, not distractions, not that cuddly little childhood from, you know, the 50s. We got to prepare them for what's coming next. So fuck us and fuck me. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to teach again, but more and more when I was teaching, I was thinking, man, I really got to get the kids ready for something. I got to show them how to scavenge. I got to show them survival stuff. We got to have some talks about some shit that I otherwise might not have talked to them about. Hmm. Um, and fuck me for not doing more of it. Mm, Sooner. Yeah. If I had it to do over again, I would be like really teaching those kids everything I could. And, uh, I probably would have been fired quicker, but (laughs) (laughs) over to you, Teresa. Well, along with, um, you know, getting rid of all my stuff, I was reflecting on how that felt and fuck me for letting my stuff own me. Mm -hmm. It's not me really owning my stuff. It's my stuff owning me. It's emotionally and energetically draining, physically draining, having to move it from place to place and fuck all of us who feel like our worth, our personal worth is in our things. And you'll know that's the case if people don't see the same value in your stuff that you do and you become sad, angry, upset in some way. Yeah, you just put all your value in what you own, your stuff. Yeah, and fuck, fuck me and fuck you. <laughs> and fuck those people who brainwash us to think like that, that and, sell us this shit because it's not by accident that we're this fucking psychotic. Yeah, fuck consumerism. One product begets another, begets another, like shampoo 
and conditioner and hair care products and going to a hair salon and going to a nail salon during a pandemic because, God forbid, you look like hell. Mm-hmm. Your nails aren't done. So, fuck that trap. Mm-hmm. And fuck rights. You know, everybody's talking about rights. You have the right. We have the right, you know. We don't have rights. There's no such thing as rights. Rights have always been a human invention meant to justify whoever is currently in power, meant to control and manipulate people. If there were intrinsic rights, then the tree has a right to exist. Mm. If there were intrinsic rights, then the red wolves had a right to be here because they were here first. Anytime I hear somebody talking about rights, it's some way of putting their finger on the scales and tipping it more in their favor. It's nothing that actually is a broader view of intrinsic worth. Um, I just hate that word. I've come to really hate the word. As soon as I hear somebody say rights, I just roll my eyes. There's no such thing. Nobody has any rights. There's the power that makes things happen, and then there's the, the powerless, the people that get things done to them. And out in the, the world, you know, if you find a true way to live, there's value in things. It's not that they have a right to anything. That's entitlement. It's that you value things. It's that you have an understanding that we're all in this together. It's not about rights. I'd say it's more about responsibility, the responsibility to your land, to the things that take care of you, and to the things that you love. You have a responsibility, but you don't have a right. Fuck women who complain (laughs) about guys being able to go topless. I get so fucking sick of hearing this shit. Like, it comes up every now and then. Some woman will be like, well, how come women can't go topless at every beach? You know, there's beaches where there's guys that can go topless. A woman takes her top off and she gets a ticket at the very least. Maybe she'll get arrested for indecent exposure, get a criminal record. You know, when black people weren't allowed to eat at lunch counters, you know what they fucking did? They broke that fucking law. They said, no, we're going to eat at the lunch counter anyway. When people aren't allowed to ride at the front of the bus, same thing. They break the law. They sit in the front of the bus. This is how you change things. So where the hell is titty day? Where's the big (laughs) boob sit in? I mean. Big boobs? What about small boobs? Any boobs. (laughs) I was referring to the size of the sit in, not the boob. Um, But. If you really want to change this, and I agree it's a double standard. It is a fucking double standard that guys can go around, take their top off, and really basically anywhere, unless they're going in those stores, no shoes, no shirt, no service, and that women can't. But the thing is, unless you are one of these women that's ready to just take the top off and say, fuck it, I'm not following a rule that I don't agree with, just like all those other people fighting for their rights, Mm. um... Nothing's going to change. You know, you are also complicit in this happening because you are agreeing to it, too. Are you ashamed of your body? I got to say, as a guy, from a sexual point of view, yes, I would love to see a bunch of women take off their tops. I'm not going to lie and pretend like, oh, I'm above that. No, I'd love to see boobies everywhere. <laughs> but that's because of the culture I was raised in. They, the, it's, it's like the secret forbidden fruit. It's taboo. It's a... Uh, You know, everything's been sexualized to me to sell me bullshit and consumer products. If women really wanted equality in that way, if they all took off their tops and just, you know, if they had to get a ticket, get arrested, fuck it. Then the next wave of women, that's how things change. People disobey. Things would get normalized. Guys would eventually get tired of looking at boobs. I've gone in a strip club before, and uh, after a few hours, I was actually hitchhiking, had nowhere else to go to get out of the rain. There was just a strip club there in Missoula, Mon- Montana, um, called Fred's Lounge. After four hours, I was kind of tired of looking at naked women, and that was my first insight into this, <laughs> that things normalize so quick. And if you're thinking like, well, I don't want a bunch of perverted guys staring at me at the beach. They're already staring at you if you got anything to stare at, let me tell you. <laughs> We've seen the bikinis, and those bikinis actually make you hotter because they're not showing everything than most women's naked bodies. That normalizes. You see it in nude colonies all the time. I used to think like, oh, a nudist colony, you know, that must just be an orgy all the time. Guys must just walk around with hard-ons all the time. No, it fucking normalizes. That's the whole point. It's like once you take the clothes off, you know, after the novelty, for the most part, it's just naked people. It's people who just want to be people. So take your fucking tops off. Fly them boobies. I totally support that. And, of course, involved in that is the nursing thing. 
you know? Mm. Like, defy, disobey, that's how you change shit. <sighs> and finally, fuck owners of private property for the same reason. You know, this whole idea of owning land, it's bullshit. You can't fucking own land. That land was there way before you. That land is going to be there after you, God willing. There are trees on that land that are way older than you. There are things on there that that already possess and use that land that you need to ask permission to be there, that you need to relate to, not just sign some fucking piece of paper, and now everything on that land is your property to do as you please. And so I've heard people say, I don't want much. I just want, you know, like a little piece of land, like they're entitled to it. No, we don't get that. And, you know, I I know a lot of people that feel like there's no other choice. The only way I'm going to, like, back out of, like, the craziness of our, our culture is to buy some little piece of land. But every time we buy a piece of land... We are validating that paradigm. Exactly. We need to rebel if if everybody just said, I'm going to fucking trespass because the whole idea of trespassing, those are your values and they don't work. They're killing the world. Fuck your values. I'm going to do what I need to do. And one thing I'm going to reject is that whole idea of owning land because I know you cannot own land. So fuck landowners. You know the land's stolen. It's like if somebody shows up, you know, to your car with a car radio and, you know, five bucks, man, five bucks for this car radio. You pay five bucks, you know you're buying somebody's stolen shit. And you know you have just validated the thief that now knows that he can probably go break into somebody else's car, steal something else, and he knows he can turn it over for a profit. You're doing the same thing by owning land. You're validating this paradigm. So if you own land, fuck you. Exactly. I was about to say fuck people for not connecting the dots. I've realized this more and more throughout my life, and it's still, I mean, fuck me too for not connecting dots, but if you own land and you are com- like you are complaining about all of the injustices done to indigenous people, you're in it! You're involved in it! Yeah, you are, you're taking their land. What you're- are you going to do to stop it? You're not going to do shit. You're full of shit. The colonists who fucking first stole that land stole it for you. Exactly. For the idea that people would come flooding in that want to buy land. You. And fuck people for not realizing that there is another way to live. It doesn't have to be this way, as Derek Jensen says. Yes, you can disobey and rebel, and there are ways to live that aren't even that hard. No I mean, you could take huge steps in boycotting so much of this bullshit that don't even cost you much before we even get into the stuff that's actually a sacrifice. Yeah, and I, I'll just add, you know, what cons- what we might consider to be a sacrifice. No electricity, no property, no cash. But think about what that would mean. We wouldn't have to worry about alternative forms of energy because we wouldn't fucking need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And fuck Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Let me say that again. Oh. Fuck Oprah Winfrey. I'd rather not. I heard about this fucking party she had where she told everybody, I think they had to come in like black and white attire. And then she showed up at this party with all these celebrities and shit wearing red. <laughs> That's the kind of fucking bitch Oprah Winfrey is. Ooh. You know, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. But Oprah Winfrey remi- just represents to me the ultimate in fucking flashy consumer bullshit. That new age bullshit that makes her sound like, oh, she's so granola and wise, but all of it just justifies excessive materialism and the epitome of civilization. Fucking Oprah makes me sick. And then there's this little like trilogy of black women that the the liberal left really celebrate. Oprah's friend, Gail King, Mm. you know, Nora O'Donnell's cohort or co-worker there, another anchor woman. Gail King, name dropping motherfucker. We used to watch the news and Gail was always like, oh, yes, I, I'm, I'm friends with her. Oh, I'm friends with Oprah. I'm friends with so-and-so. And anybody in the media, fuck Gail King for being in the media. And this fuck you goes out to the, all the media. 
what they're not talking about and what they are talking about. I cannot believe that this is all just ignorance. They have to know that there are stories that they are skipping, that they are not talking about. I can't believe it when I read about some of the current events happening, some of the things in history, and then that they, the way they decide to talk about it, that they completely don't address aspects of um, whole big important stories that happened in the world, like... Shit, what's something we saw that was like that? Well, I'm glad you put us both on the spot. <laughs> um, well, we often hear about protests in, like, France or in um, Hong Kong, and it's th- – that's about it, though. It's like something's happening there, and there's protests. But they're not talking about what is being protested, like what is happening in the government, like what the people are upset about. You just mostly hear, like, another protest. Yeah. The fucking media is like the worst tool of the government. I mean, it just leads us along. And, you know, especially the way they're handling this COVID-19 thing. We listen to NPR and uh, oh, Jesus Christ, the things that they just like take for granted that they say as if they're facts. And the other things that they don't bring up at all drive me nuts. And, you know, the other part of that trilogy with Oprah Winfrey and Gail King, Michelle Obama. Fuck you, Michelle Obama. You know, like. She got on this big bandwagon about, like, you know, condemning Trump or condemning this and condemning that. You got no room to condemn anybody. You are a rich, entitled motherfucker. I don't care what color or gender somebody is. If they jump on that bandwagon, they are evil. They represent something disgusting and destructive. They are the problem. <laughs> so, I mean, Jesus Christ, all the people her husband is responsible for killing. It's just you know, this hero worship. And that leads me to the whole cult of Obama. There are so many people that just still put Obama up on this, like, oh, he was the most elegant president. Oh, I I, I so miss when Obama was president. Jesus Christ, you have not looked into this man's presidency. We talk about this in our presidential podcast, so I won't get into a whole lot of details. (laughs) But this is a maniacal, colonizing, lying, fucking serial killer. He was always on the side of the rich. The poor people suffered as much under him as anybody else, maybe more under him than some others. So that whole Obama cult, give me a fucking break. Jesus Christ, what's with the brainwashing? Crack a book, like teach yourself something. And it's all right there. You know, the, you don't even have to get into opinion pieces. The facts of this man's presidency, this man is not to be worshipped in it. I think it riles me more than other people because I run into it more. I run into so much like Obama worship. And I just, there's nothing you can say to these people. You point out facts, they know they can't argue with the facts, so they don't try. They just say, oh, what's wrong with you? You know, (laughs) they just dismiss you. I read uh, not too long ago about, and, and this is all, you know, just something I read online, so take it with a grain of salt, but... This uh, 2020 election here in the United States with Joe Biden and Donald Trump as the leading candidates for the Democratic and Republican parties, respectively. Um, I read that there is a possibility the Democratic Party may scrap Joe Biden and put in Michelle Obama as president with Barack as the VP. I don't personally believe that, but. I don't think that would be a bad move because considering all the uh, starry-eyed numbnuts that are following the Obama cult. Oh, it would be a shoe. It would be a landslide. Yeah, I think that's one way they'd beat Trump. <laughs> so, And yeah. the first female president? Mm-hmm. I mean, who is also African-American? My goodness. And fuck Stephen Colbert and all those other leftist smug-ass comedians for the same reason as the media. You know, they just get up there and they... And I'm not going to say he doesn't say some things that make me laugh now and then. Some of his jokes are pretty clever. But for the most part, they just get up there and they hypnotize us. They just completely avoid certain things. They make certain stances seem stupid when there's actually a pretty good argument for that stance. But the way they, they, they word it, it's so carefully orchestrated and they're so fucking smug that it's so easy to just kind of fall asleep into this lull like, oh, these are the smart people. Wow, they're so clever. You know, if I think like them, I must be clever, too, because these are the smart people. They're fucking idiots. They all have big houses. They're fucking consumers. They're sucking the world dry, and they're not doing a goddamn thing about it except letting you 
uh, just just raking in the money, raking in the fame, raking raking in the fortune, raking in the power as they lull us to sleep. And you mentioned NPR earlier. Fuck them. Oh, God. What a bunch of nonsense is NPR. It's the only station, like, our news <laughs> comes from the radio, and it's the only station that pretty consistently has the news on. So that's why we listen to it. But, my God, what a bunch of fucking leftist bullshit. And then, yeah, there's these fluff pieces about how, get ready for this, there are wineries that are offering at-home delivery with service dogs who are trained to carry wine bottles and saddlebags to your door. <laughs> and just before that story, they were talking about how New York City was stopping subway lines because homeless people were trying to be on the subway at night, especially during the pandemic, where they can't be I guess maybe they can't even be on the street. Like they have to be in a shelter that gets Mm -hmm. full of people who are sick or they try to take matters into their own hands and sit on the subway. No, people complained that there were homeless people on the subway at night that might be spreading the virus. So they stopped the subway line. But thank you, NPR, for investigating what the hell happened to those homeless people. And I'm glad rich people are getting wine delivered to them by a St. Bernard. Mm -hmm. And here's an example of how NPR works. I remember they did one story of uh, protesters against, um, what was it, the stay-at-home order. And they were protesting, and some of them had masks, some of them did not. And they, like, interviewed one woman. I think that she had, like, two or three sentences. And it was basically, like, just kind of fluff of, like, you know, I don't think it's as dangerous as they say is basically what she said. No, like, in-depth thing about constitutional freedoms, about, you know, anything that was really thought-provoking or made a good point. They followed that story immediately with a long story about a man whose mother died of COVID-19. And just this long, heart-wrenching story about what kind of person she was. And God, you know, if only the, the country had taken more measures to do a lockdown sooner and control us better... Like, we would have avoided this. And, you know, again, this is what I hate about the media. We would have avoided this. Now, if you are truly neutral, why is it never considered, is this good for the world? Is this good for the people? Why is there never even that brought up? Like, it's always taken for granted. We need to keep civilization intact, even though we know it's murdering us. So the, I was disgusted by that. You know, they could have easily, like, organized their stories in a different way to lead to a different conclusion. So I just hate it when I know. I can tell just it's imbecilic how how much they're leading you along. Like, oh, I feel this way, and they pull on this heartstring, and then they reinforce it with this. And, and melancholy music. Yeah. You know, let's not forget the background music playing <laughs> us like fools. So, yeah. And fuck the fuck. Elon Musk. Elon. Elon. Oh, this stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, just taking us into the technological age. Like, he's keeping us playing ball. Um, well, of course, he is filthy, rotten, stinking rich. And with him, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, all these Jeff motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, these goddamn. What, what the hell are these guys still out there for? They are just taking all of our money and keeping us playing the stupid technological game of shit that we don't need. It does not serve us. It makes us fucking miserable. Um, Mark Zuckerberg's wife, what a fluffy bunch of bullshit. She was talking about how she wants to fight to eradicate all diseases. Oh, yeah, right. Diseases have their place. Yeah. It is a, it's a fucking sick to try to eradicate all diseases. We need diseases. They keep us strong. This is like anybody who like studies any kind of biology or whatever, you, you have some understanding of natural selection. You know, diseases have their place. Look at what diseases are doing in our culture. You don't have pandemics when you have little tribes. Pandemic is the Earth's response to globalization. That's why this thing can spread all across the globe. The fucking viruses themselves, like most of the worst viruses that we have in our culture, are a result of the way we're living. It's the Earth's response. It's not some accident. It's not some inconvenient thing to try to eradicate so we can have better lives. It's the Earth correcting us. And we either listen and get corrected and go back into a way of life that has always served us, or we don't listen, and then the next thing is going to be that much fucking worse. So knowing that we're not going to listen to COVID-19, 
I really hate to see what the hell's coming on the heels of this. Because you can bet your ass it ain't over. We don't just get to, like, win the war against the virus and keep living this way and everything's peachy keen and we all goddamn know it. You mentioned earlier the uh, new age or new wave crowd of people that they're really into co-creating a reality of abundance. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. That is so selfish. That is basically the idea of dominion over the earth. And fuck that. Mm -hmm. And fuck the Abrahamic religions that it comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I hate the whole fucking New Age movement. It's so narcissistic and human-centered. Um, it's just this idea of like, oh, it's, there's no reality. It's just whatever we dream, we can all have absolute abundance without, you know, we can all live like in big houses with swimming pools and shit. Bullshit. We can have abundance, but not in the way they're posing it. The earth is an abundant place. If we play by its rules, we can't have it our way. This is not just some dream that we can keep like cutting down every tree and there's just magically we're going to dream an extended planet. My fucking God. I wish they'd like get on board with Elon Musk and go to Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, I well, I was going to say, I believe those people um, are hoarders. The The idea of having an abundance of things, it sounds to me like they're a bit of hoarders. Hmm. Um, but also fuck augmented reality. What the hell is augmented reality? I heard it in one of those precious little NPR gems of, of a story about how this um, makeup company, which will re remain nameless, uh, they're opening up stores now when people are not supposed to be, you know, using communal blush and whatever the hell else they have out, like creams for your face and stuff. So they're they're using augmented reality to help show you how their products can help your ugly ass face. <laughs> Um, and for that matter, fuck virtual reality. Fuck all these, like, realities. What's wrong with the reality that we are living? Like, it is the most beautiful place. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with that reality is we're completely fucking trashing well, it. Well, that's it. So I understand why people want virtual reality, but it's a fucking bad joke. Yeah. And uh, we're getting towards the end of our time, Teresa. Is there any, like, uh, final, like, fuck yous that you want to, like, get out there? Something that's really important? for you? Fuck uh, the co-opting of movements, as in the liberals, as well as Christianity itself. We were talking a little bit about this before the podcast, how, um, what was it? The uh, original kind of holiday that people celebrated was with a reindeer. Mm -hmm. Like their, their version of Christmas was like this reindeer and how we somehow took Christianity and Jesus's birthday and, and wove in this story of Santa Claus, who's now taken the reindeer and harnessed them, and now he's in control, and now we're worshiping this white, fat white guy. <laughs> or maybe he just is nutrition, nutritionally deficient. Mm -hmm. And I will just try to quickly move through some of my fuck yous. Um, fuck people with those burnout voices who laugh at nothing. Like... <laughs> You know, those people who, like, uh, talk like this. Oh, God. It's usually women. <laughs> it's what? It's usually women. Yeah, yeah. But I've heard guys do it, too. <laughs> like, I'm from, I'm from Toledo. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they're laughing at. That just drives me nuts. Fuck the podcast sound quality on, like, virtually every other podcast that we listen to yeah what the fuck are these people talking about like send us money and like we need to pay our sound editor and like we hear <laughs> their sound quality and it's shitty and we're just leaning into a fucking ipad like apparently outside apparently they're hiring a sound editor rather than say lean in <laughs> like that's all it is speak louder <laughs> Fuck man buns. Jesus Christ. I, I, You know, there might be some really cool people out there with man buns. I've never met somebody I liked with a man bun. Um, That's just like, it's just the most pretentious looking hairdo, the man bun. Fuck taxes. Mm. This goes back to what I said about connecting the dots. If you are paying taxes, you are paying the military to go and kill innocent people abroad. It's not for your freedom. It's for corporate and industry interests around the world. So fuck you for paying taxes and fuck taxes. Mm -hmm. 
and fuck healers and life coaches. Uh. Anybody I know who's carrying around a little business card that has healer on it, goddamn, I've met so many phony-ass people that have that little card. I always picture this one woman that had a card that said healer, and she was the biggest asshole. (laughs) And these life coaches, every life coach I know has like so much shit that they're not dealing with, and they're telling other people how to live their lives. And what kind of person is looking for a life coach? I mean, like, and again, if it serves you, you know, there might be something I'm missing here, but my own experience with them, fuck them. Yeah. Anything else? Um... Well, we were talking about a little bit about religion, and I i know we're coming up toward an hour. Briefly, there was this um, elderly woman that I was helping out, taking care of, and she evidently studied language a little bit um, in India, but she was studying English, and um, like a linguist. So she was telling me about the word religion, and I never thought about it before. Like, what does that mean? So this is what she told me. Religion is the meaning is coming together. So religion, the re part is meaning to replace or to change. So we're talking about the coming together, but with a force of change. And I say, fuck that because we were already together. We were already tribal. We were already like in our community. So religion is like propaganda telling us, oh, you feel like you're, you know, cast out. You feel like you don't belong because we ruined the tribe. We ruined the natural way for humans to live. Well, come join us. We'll, we'll religion you up. <laughs> so fuck that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And that brings us to the end of our hour. So God, I didn't even get halfway through my fuck you list. We're going to have to have uh, some more fuck you somewhere down the road. We'll have them. I'm sure we'll never be short of them. Not in this <laughs> culture. But our reader or listener write-in um, comes to us from Monique from Hokatika, New Zealand. And she listened to our Fire Truck You podcast and said, That podcast was the best ever. Oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> so, Monique, we really... Uh, I appreciate that you appreciated that. We actually uh, get a chuckle like listening back through it ourselves. So <laughs> fuck you, Monique. <laughs> whoa, kidding. whoa, just whoa! Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Gumby. Whoa. All right then. The episode's over. You can you can uh, go back to being polite, Teresa. No, fuck this episode. <laughs> fuck this episode. <laughs> so we will probably be in the mountains by the time we make our next podcast. So we're excited about that. It's getting hot as balls here. And, mm. you know, if you got a set of balls, you know how hot they can be. Mm. Sticky, too. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we have a donate button on our website now. So We're uh, trying to improve the sound quality of our podcast. Wink, wink. Yeah, so uh, please send questions or comments to our, you can reach us through our website, www.escapingsociety, one word, lowercase, dot weebly, b as in uh, baboons, dot com. Um, And again, there's a donate button. If you feel moved to give us a donation, we definitely appreciate that. Um, We're currently looking for like gigs in the mountains and stuff to pick up a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. Um. We got a Facebook page at Escaping Society, and oh yeah, one more fuck you I had that I'll share right now. <laughs> fuck you for not commenting or disagreeing if you are listening <laughs> to this podcast. I mean, my God, you know, like if you're not sending a donation and you're like listening to our hard work and toil and you can't even send a comment, I got to imagine that when you listen to us, you're either thinking like right on, like I agree with that, or here's a story I've got, this reminds me, or what a bunch of bullshit, let me correct them on something. (laughs) And uh, yeah, if you're one of these people that don't like even bother to send us a fucking comment... Fuck you. I mean, my God, what does it take? Like, what, a minute? It, uh, yeah, it depends yeah. on your comment, I guess. That's not a fair question. Yeah. So, yeah. Jump in the game. You know, we love those comments. We, Whether we agree or not, we love sharing them. They give us more to talk about. They give us direction. And uh, don't be afraid to disagree. All these fucking, like, oh, that's another thing I wanted to say. Fuck me for calling people pussies. In our last podcast, I called a lot of people pussies, meaning wimps and cowards. I love what Betty White says about that. She says, a vagina 
takes a pounding and keeps on ticking. <laughs> a vagina bleeds once a month. A vagina, like, has babies. Like, a vagina is tough as hell. You know what's sensitive? Testicles. <laughs> so I'm not going to say don't be a pussy, like, if, you ha- if you're going to disagree. Don't be a fucking testicle. <laughs> I mean, don't be a fragile, sensitive, little, delicate testicle. So if you're going to disagree about something, disagree. You know, I mean, we love some disagreement. It, it makes a more well-rounded discussion. All this trolling bullshit and everything. Fucking disagree. We should be able to include all points of view. Right? Indeed. All right. Is there anything else? That's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all who have commented. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for those of you who have. Bye.